that sangria. Yeah. It'll fuck you up real good. Maybe I want that right now, Gabe. Hey, man, it's it's delicious. Yeah, for you sure. You know where I stand on wine. And uh, and this thing just came in. It's like, hey, bro, forget everything you know. <laughs> Literally, like you're not going to remember anything. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not just like figuratively, but literally, you're gonna forget everything that you know. Wow, huh. deep cut in that one, right? It's straight off of uh, this straight off of south of the city, right? No, no, that's straight <laughs> off of uh, uh, Discord. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. we go. It's Discord, definitely Discord. God, <laughs> uh, Gabe. I mean, I like people who listen. I wonder if they even get half our jokes sometimes. <laughs> Scorpion Deathlock, maybe. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> you know you know what it is. <laughs> don't say that you don't. Anyway, um, you ready, Gabe? Born ready. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number seventy-two s- with a question mark. With a question mark, because Jacob informed me last <laughs> week that somewhere along the line we fucked up on the numbering. Yeah, thirty episodes ago, one episode didn't get a number. And I guess I wasn't paying attention and followed suit. So what I'm going to do is probably find the unnumbered episode. And depending on what error it came from, just delete it. <laughs> because uh, if I didn't number it, it probably wasn't a very good one anyways. Because, you know, we have like that like the rough patch in between where we were using yeah. the, the snowballs and stuff like that. Um, and all that jazz. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. so seventy rough patch. Yeah. 72 question mark. And uh, let's oh, just say it's 72. Yeah, we'll say 72 because I'm not really not going to be like 72, a.k.a. 74. Right. I think that's just fuck with people. Yeah, I think that's just dumb. But we're not going to go there with that. All right. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a relatively nice day on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. Hey, man, a little cloudy, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, the rain has made the weeds in front of my house go. Poof. Dude, I saw that. You look like you got infested. Yeah. Like uh, you got hit with a flood, bro. Just. Whoosh. Yeah, I know. It's it's insane. Um, The rain has been. A hot page of amazingness slash shittiness because it makes my lawn go poof. But uh, I'm trying to get a mower because I don't have a mower this year. Okay. And I'm trying to get one. Uh, and I'm trying to get a writer because I think Adam said he has a, a writer that he's not using anymore that he will sell for me. And I'm like, because it's kind of a big backyard and I really don't want to fucking push that thing up and down the yard. Right. And uh, all that good stuff. So that's good, man. That's the plan. Your uh, your front lawn looks like uh, like if you were playing and you'd be like Chicago, put your fucking hands up. That's what your lawn looks like right now with all those dandelions. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy, but um, it is what it is. What can I say? Gabe, how's your week been, man? My week, um, well, I've been back off vacation, and this is my first week of working full-time. Yeah. So uh, it's all right. A mm-hmm. um, couple of things. Uh, first of all, as you know from our last job working together, UPS, mm-hmm. it's a really kind of like integrated lunch, so you kind of, I don't want to call it a working lunch, but you kind of eat as you work yeah you know because just the hectic and yeah. the chaos sometimes and so like it's hard to shake that now yeah so i'll like slam my lunch and then by the time you know my manager's like hey did you take your lunch yet i'm like no and he's like well you know go ahead you know whatever and so like i i get an hour lunch and i'm like what the fuck do i do with you myself? get an hour i get an hour lunch what yeah the fuck and so i'm like <laughs> I guess I'll go run errands or something. I went and like tanked up the car and one day I got ice cream and, and it's like, it's, just weird, it's an hour. You can like go out and get lunch in an hour. Yeah. No, you like, absolutely can. Cause like in a half an hour break, it's like, well, you have, you can eat what you packed and then that's it. You can't leave yeah, really, exactly. really the building. Then, you know, it is what it is, but an hour you can like do stuff. But like, let me tell you this, right? I have 
within within like a five minute drive of the office, I okay. have a B Dubs, I have mm. a KFC, I have a Portillos. You could walk to Portillos; Dangerous. it's so fucking close. And just all this like good shit, and like a jerk chicken place down mm-hmm. the street, and like you know, I'm just like, well, this is cool, but you know, I usually pack my own lunch. Yeah, and. So when that hour comes along, I'm like, well, what the fuck do I do? Do mm-hmm. I go for a walk? Or So it's been pretty nice out this week. So it's been pretty go, – go out and get ice cream because it's like been like 90 degrees and yeah. I'm grown-ass man. Yeah, I get you. Uh, so how do you feel about like um, being out of it, being out of the UPS bubble? Um, out of the business, essentially, out of the business. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's refreshing. definitely yeah. is. Um, the whole environment at my workplace now is very laid back. There's very little um, – Helicoptering, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you ever heard the term helicopter parent? Okay. They're always like watching what your kids doing okay. and like super like in, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's not that because I know at the box it was very like, oh, well, what's this? What was this? And you know, yeah. constant follow up and just information overload and all that. Yeah, man. But now it's kind of like, hey, this is what you should be doing uh, unless you got questions. You know, I don't really. I like that. Need you, and so it's very get your shit done and you know keep your ass out of trouble and that's pretty much it that was my uh my big thing when i was at amazon is that because the pace like you said at the box is so fast like everything is moving you're kind of kind of constantly be on the move at amazon when i was picking orders it was like dragon i'm like what the fuck is this shit and like i don't know i've mentioned it numerous times on the show but eventually i kind of grew to miss it the the fast paced moving yeah, you know no, what absolutely. I mean environment has just became part of who I was which is why I went back to a, a company that does the same thing because I missed that you know what it is you get so used to it that it becomes a part of you and yeah. now like I've noticed that like a lot of the time I'll be like really organized with my approach to even just fucking hanging out with people yeah I'll be like you get this I'll get that yeah you know we'll, for sure and um definitely a good thing but it's kind of hard to break the habit now yeah you know. So I'm sure I'll grow to miss it, but I'm still very kind of in the like, honeymoon phase of the new experiences and that you got going yeah, on. I'm still very kind of detail oriented, just because that's what you know the box pushed on us. Yeah, and, I get you. The so. shield, we call it the shield. The shield, yeah. the shield will protect. Yeah, the shield will definitely protect. Uh, so I don't know if we really t- covered it because uh, I think last week you you weren't there anymore either, right? Or last week was your last week at the office, uh, right? Last well, last week I came back from. The last time we ran this podcast, I came back from vacation. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been there for two weeks. Okay. So, you know, I know you mentioned it on the, you know, uh, in the group chat. How did it feel walking out the building the last time? Strange, man. Yeah. Strangest fucking thing ever. And uh, so, I, I, you know, I said my goodbyes to everybody. And that was pretty much my last day because there's so many fucking people that you yeah. make friends with and stuff. So that last day was just me saying my goodbyes. And um, it was weird because... Phil, Mr. Parker, yeah. our buddy, wasn't there, and he's like my partner in crime. Yeah. You know, like he was my generation of UPSers, and we just fuck some shit up. Yeah. And he wasn't there, so, you know, I sent him the text. And Brian, the Bruce Meister, yeah. you know, heavy approved Bruce Meister, also wasn't there. So I just, you know, I sent him the text. And so was Josie wasn't there. So, like, yeah. those three, the, the three big influencers on me weren't yeah. there. And, like, it, it was kind of nice because I walked out of there with a dry face, yeah. but it was still kind of sucked because i wish we got a proper goodbye no i get that yeah for sure because yeah. i was i was fortunate uh my last day you were there uh, i gave you a big hug uh josie was there josie was like oh okay uh, i would like to say more but uh bye because you know you know how josie is man he's always on the move that fucking guy yeah um i was able to say bye to everybody and i think it hurt more because of that because especially when i took that last walk through four 
that that hurt me quite a bit. Yeah, dude, your old stomping grounds. Yeah, that, that last walk through four really, I, I really started to get upset. And um, by the time like uh, we walked out the building, I stopped right at the door right before you go into the yard. I stopped right at the door. I turned around, and the next thing you know, I'm fucking crying. I'm like, wow. I'm like, this is. Yeah, I, yeah, Adrian, yeah. I was just like, because you know she wasn't there as long as I was. Yeah, she didn't give a shit. <laughs> it, yeah, so it, it hurt, and um, I'm glad that you didn't have to have that experience because it, it can't be brutal, dude. It, it was yeah. it was pretty bad. And uh, I felt the need because my very first day at UPS, and this is a fun fact, and I don't know if I told this on the podcast before, but I went to the hill and I took a picture from there, right? My very first day, this is me after orientation. It was three o'clock in the morning because I was working on sunrise. It was the first thing I did because I thought I was, I don't know, I was artsy fartsy. On my very last day, I did the same exact thing. And then I took off. We left that day. There you go. Full circle. Yep. Full circle. And, I, got, uh, uh, I got driven out the door by, yeah. uh, by uh, my my new department partner or i should say my last par- partner and he yeah. drove me to the door yeah and i'll you know I'm, I'm i'm on the back of the unit and i'm just like watching as like everything's like whooshing by yeah. and i don't know man it felt weird yeah i was like thank you dude and it's been a pleasure and thank you and good night yeah you know yeah for felt sure like vanna just yeah deuces, deuces yep i was sure. a soup called gabe <laughs> <laughs> i like that but yeah but yeah man enough reminiscing yeah Let's get. Let's, uh, well, we yeah. got a lot of shit to, to cover. Keep, keep in mind that we have notes that we have to cover first before we even get into all because you have some stuff that you wrote down. And actually, okay, so yeah. I'm gonna make this quick. When I was in uh, Pennsylvania with the woman, there's a town called uh, Lititz. Yeah, Lititz. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they have a dedicated candy shop. Ooh, I haven't seen one of those in forever, mm-hmm. unless it's at the mall. But that one's kind of shit. And um, so obviously it's one of those like mazy stores that makes you walk th- around so you see everything kind of like Ikea, right? But it's yeah. not that grand scale. Yeah. Two things caught my eye. Uh, the coffee assor- assortment, which was fucking great. And mm. the tea assortment, I'll, I'll group those as one. I got some bomb-ass tea from there. But mm. this is the other thing that caught my attention. They had strangely flavored sodas. Okay. And I mean like really fucking out there. Yeah. So the one that I drank already... I'm going to give a little review is uh, it's called uh, peanut butter by old fashioned. It's a peanut butter flavored soda. It's actually really fucking good. Yeah. And um, it's going to sound weird, but it leaves like a kind of like a dry tonic aftertaste. Okay. But that peanut butter is good. Um, I would not mix it with anything. I wouldn't really fuck with that. But if you're looking for like a weird kind of, you know, thing to do, pick up some peanut butter soda, man. You'll, <laughs> you'll be surprised. I have one more. I'm not going to say what flavor it is. But I will bring it in for next week's podcast. Is it, it going it to hurt me, Gabe? It's not going to hurt you. Okay, good. But it is totally fucking outlandish okay. in its flavor department. Okay. And we're going to drink it live on the podcast next uh, week. So okay. be stay tuned for that. This will be fine. Maybe we'll put it on. Uh, we'll take a video and maybe put it on YouTube or something. It's like a, a just like a side, <laughs> a side deal. But um, real quick off that, and I'm patenting this idea, and I'll throw you in it because this is something that I was thinking about for a long time. We don't have a weird soda subscription box service yet that I know of. I'm patenting that idea, so you heard it first here. God damn it, don't steal my shit. I'm, I'm gonna try to get this shit organized. And I think how easy would it be to get in contact with local soda makers and be like, "Oh, we're gonna just put your shit in a box, give us a whole bunch, and we'll, you know, what I mean, you would advertisement all over the box and stuff yeah, like man. that." Because uh, well, prior to this peanut butter, the most like kind of weird, outlandish one I've had was Jones mm-hmm. Jones soda. Yeah, because it's so colorful yeah. and it's so sugary, and, and the labels are like iconic and all that. So it's yeah, and it's good stuff. Yeah. but now I'm like, wow, there's a whole market to this. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah, Goose Island has some soda sodas that were pretty good. Oh, yeah, Goose Island. Man, me and Goose Island have been getting along. Yeah? Oh, man. I'm excited then. That's All good right. news for me. I have a $100,000 question for you. Okay. And I like how you put the question mark by it because you were like, what the fuck? Um, would, and this goes for any of the dogs you've ever owned, 
would you, for $100,000, get your dog cloned and you get an exact copy of yeah, your dog? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. There's a company in the UK that will do that for you. What? They've successfully cloned 26 dogs. Huh. And uh, so I was reading some of some of the reviews, right? And this thing is truly fucking astounding. They cloned this one dog called Lancelot three three times, right? So there was three puppies from this one dog. Okay. One of them went to some breeder because he had some really good genes. One of them went to the like the OG owners mm-hmm. that you know loved this dog yeah. that cried when it died. Yeah. And the OG owners put up the review and they're like, yeah, he acts the same. He looks exactly the same. Wow. And he responded really well to them, meaning that. So, so the question is now, like, does the dog recognize you because it's the same yeah. DNA? But they said that, like, because you know, it was like it's like seamless. It, it's a puppy. Yeah, you don't get like the full grown dog. Yeah. It's like a normal puppy that's yeah. born, and the puppy like seemed to recognize him and everything, and it was just fucking great. Well, I think that's uh, just a. Uh like an environment kind of deal. I mean, uh, yeah, obviously, like you said, it's it's the same dog, but it's not exactly the same dog. And that's the argument I had with the, and the big hero six is like, it's a different body, but it's the same memory. Is it the same kind of deal? Um, I think that's interesting. Yeah, man. So for a hundred thousand dollars, you get your dog cloned. Yeah. I only have one dog that I would ever do that for. And that's because he died a kind of a shitty way. That's the only, the only reason why yeah. I, I, I would get that done and it'd make Adrian feel a whole lot better. But, um, yeah. So, I just thought it was interesting, you know? Yeah. Throw that out there. Uh, so, bleeding into this next topic that uh, we're going to talk about, and this actually lends itself to the next topic, which is immediately following. Okay. It's yeah, a great talk. It's a great Tony Hawk video, right? This is something that came out um, recently. Tony Hawk just recently turned 55 0. Wow. Think about that shit. And basically, uh, it was a video of him going through all the tricks that he has created over time from the beginning of his career to now, and him seeing if he can still do some of them, right? And it's like, it's weird because it's like, this is his man's life's work, right? Obviously, he's dedicated himself to being possibly the, maybe not so much the greatest, but one of the most popular skateboarders of all time. And I think for a certain time period, he was considered the greatest of all time, right? Oh, yeah. I guess they're Ronnie Mellon the greatest, but that's besides the point. Um, and it was kind of weird watching this old man, you could kind of see it now, do these things that he did in his youth that don't come as easily now because the body gets older. and But it's it's his life, you know what I mean? And there was also that video of him knocking out the nine for the last time. The nine hundred. Yeah, like he was, you know, he because it's not something that he can do whenever he wants. You know, what I mean, that's 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 physics. You know, what right. I mean? That's something that's completely, you know, it's not a very easy thing to do. And um, so yeah, I think it was a very interesting video, and it's kind of funny how, he, in retrospect, he looks back in his life's work and he's like, "Let's see if I can do it all one more time," as a fifty-year-old man on his fiftieth birthday. I think it was kind of awesome. Gnarliest fifty-year-old uh, that we know. Yeah. Yeah. He also did the inverted. I don't know if you've seen this video because you know how, how they have the loop. Yeah. Right. He did an inverted one. Oh my god. Yeah. And Absolute he was fucking mad. He's man. out of his mind because like you kind of have to be out of your mind if you're a skateboarder because you're gonna you're gonna fall probably a hundred times just to nail a trick once, right? Yeah. So he was just like he had it designed. He didn't even know if it was possible. He got in touch with the ramp maker. He's like, we can do it. And over and over again, you see him going down. I'm like a toilet like a toilet bowl. <laughs> And eventually he's like, I'm going to do it. And he did it around. He's a, he's out of his mind. He's a crazy guy. And I think he's a very interesting fellow as well. But yeah, that's something that I wanted to talk so, about. So uh, Tony fucking Hawk. Last week we had, I brought a topic to the table yes, that said, hey, let's not make a new Tony Hawk game. Let's make a new Tony Hawk's playlist. Okay. So I named this playlist Tony Hawk's Redux. Okay. I think it's kind of fitting. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring the the very influential um 
old music styles yes. that we grew up with, and we're going to bring them to 2018. Mm-hmm. Would you like to go first? Yeah. Actually, so, I got six songs on here to start. Right? Oh, six. Okay. Yeah. And this, the, there's two that are obvious fits for me, then the other three are, be, are the other ones you'd be like, okay. Uh, Evan Perks by The Chariot. That's number one. Nice. Uh, that's the first one I put on there. Uh, Highway Tune by Greta Van Fleet. That's on there as well. All right. Humble by Kendrick Lamar is on there. That's yep, that's that, a good choice. That's a great fit. Uh, Raw Thoughts by Chris Webby is on there. Forever by Code Orange is on there. And uh, We're Coming In by The Fever 333. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I almost put that on there, yeah. but I knew you were going to. Uh-huh. So I changed my mind and I put Made in America Let's go on. on there. Mm-hmm. Because I thought it was more fitting. Made in America is more kind of trip hoppy as opposed to the grunge kind of punk stuff so that was one of them uh number two i know this is a bit of an older song but i love it and i think it's super relevant now 3005 childish gambino okay all right and this last one because i only did three Mm. uh i'll take the blame by capsize Mm. you gotta have your emo staples in Mm. any tony hawks playlist yes sir right here that's good so we got nine songs i'll uh i'll put all this together and then we'll throw a link up for you guys we're gonna be building this as we go along so yeah Probably give it another round or two. My, my favorite one was uh, actually because I was going through it. Because what if you brought it up? I'm like, let me think. So I kind of put my shit on shuffle. And I'm like, no, that wouldn't fit. That wouldn't work. And then humble. And that shit just spoke to me. I'm like, I mean, I could see you fucking skating down the street and fucking doing some crazy ass street tricks to humble by Kendrick Lamar. That's absolutely the same mindset I had. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of funny because this Friday, yesterday, actually, Aesop Rock dropped a new single. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, Aesop Rock's been... In most of the Tony Hawk games, mm-hmm. he's had songs or singles in most of them. Yeah, and I was like, this would be so fitting, but I'm gonna restrain myself because uh-huh. it's too obvious. Yeah, I got you. So we'll, we keep this going for a couple of weeks, and like I said, you put it all together. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it on a Spotify it, playlist or whatever, and we'll, we'll share it with you guys. I think uh, a couple closing comments on the Tony Hawk musically. Yeah, introduced me to a lot of styles, mm-hmm. artists, and genres. Yes, sir. And I absolutely love it, man. Yeah. There's the glory was that you got a lot of big hit bangers like Rage Against the Machine and Underground 2. Mm-hmm. You got uh, like Lamb of God with, you know. Yeah, The Bled on, on uh, what was that? Uh, Project 8, I think it was. The Bled was Wasteland. No, no, no. Well, they probably had one on Wasteland too. Actually, it wasn't Project 8. It was Proving Ground. They had it on Proving Ground. Ground. Yeah. But yeah, you got all, you got exposure to all these big bands. Yeah. But at the same time, they threw in all these like low-key artists that you've probably never heard of or yeah. probably never will have if it wasn't yeah. for that. I, I thank Tony Hawk for a lot of that stuff in my early childhood. Very influential. Absolutely. So um, it was more than just the skate scene. I think it was kind of bringing together a lot of influences, styles, artists, a lot of the good in life. Yeah. And putting it into all one nice compact disc yeah. where you could yell at your friends because horse is bullshit. Well, it was like um, it was a culture. Oh, absolutely. It, it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't just a skating game of guys who like skateboarding created Because you had... It was a culture, a <laughs> lifestyle. The whole thing was you had guys who skated that bought these games, yeah. and then you had guys who didn't skate and bought these games. Yeah. You know? And it was like, holy shit, you're yeah. bringing... And you never heard anybody complain about the authenticity of Tony Hawk as far as, like, the feel and the vibe of the, the universe because it fit, because it was 100% authentic to what it was. You know what I mean? In, in the prime time, there was no... Yeah. There was no room to... F- fuck around and complain yeah but yeah man so that's good we'll, we'll keep this going I like keep y'all shit. updated that's good stuff what do we got next uh we got pending mortal or pending yeah pending mk e3 announcement oh, e3 is one. right around the corner all right uh, actually let me find my list um, so uh so to preface this for yes. those of you who don't know ed boone tweeted <laughs> and uh he did one of those like hey 
coming soon to an E3 near you. Yeah. What was the exact line he, he used? He was like, uh, big news? We got something cool coming at E3 or so, something along those lines. And the cool was with a kid. So, <laughs> he, I, well, well, I want to say it's MK11. And yeah. I think it's a good time to, to at least throw it out there that way hey, we're developing it. I will also preface this by saying that Ed Boon is a gigantic troll. Yes. And he likes to fuck with the community. But this is something that we have all anticipated as fighting game fans. Um, this is what we what we come to expect now. E three, like I said, right around the corner. A couple of big announcements have come out from E three. I have a couple on this list, um, but yeah. So basically, after I heard the news, I'm like, "Gabe, yeah, basically, it's coming. It's around the corner." So, so I, like, I I I don't think it's going to be MK eleven, but we did come up with our wish list. Yes, so I think it's going to be like like a remaster of like the best ofs or like a collection. Like they've done that already, though. That's the thing for the for the current gen. Well, for the last gen, they did it because. Put three ultimate mythologies. Uh, put in well, Shaolin monks. Shaolin monks. And, fuck, dude. Just I pay sixty bucks for Shaolin monks and yeah. HD. Yeah. Somebody. Well, what did uh, somebody say? Somebody's like, um, if we took everything Ed Boon said seriously, we would have Shaolin monks twenty three by now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, that's a good point. <laughs> anyway, but, I know you guys heard us say it twenty thousand times. Here's our official MK11 wish list. Yeah, we'll put it together and uh, the perfect to you know to start the structure out. It we're excluding Scorpion and Sub Zero because those are layups, right? And I also excluded uh, Cassie, Cassie, Jackie, Takeda, Jackie, and Kung Jin because they are the next generation of fighters, and the next couple ones will will be wrapped up in them, I'm sure. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I actually think all the the new Scooby Gang, so to speak, was a good fit. I yeah, I absolutely agree with that one. Yep. So this is like I said, the list. I got some deeper cuts in here, but I also got some stuff that I think is expected. Uh, and I haven't really put much thought as far as story, but you know, uh, these are just things that I want and what you want. Uh, I think it was twelve. The list was twelve, right? Yeah, it was twelve. Twelve characters. Twelve characters. So. With a kit. <laughs> All right, so actually, I'm going to let you get started because I want to check off people off my list if we share one. Okay, so I'm going to go from least ridiculous to most ridiculous to DLC. Okay. Okay. Um, so least ridiculous, Shijinko. I think Okay. I think Shijinko is a very mild character, and I think he has a lot of potential. We should bring him back. Okay. Uh, Shijinko was in Deception, mm-hmm. and he you actually played as him, right, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly? Yes. And I think that character needs to find its footing. And he, I think MK11 is a good place for it. He him. needs uh, his own move list. Yes. Because he had that copy and paste move list from the uh, from the other characters and stuff. So Yeah. So I think Shijinko is cool enough because he, looking at some lists, he wasn't super down there on the popularity list. Mm-hmm. He was actually about halfway through. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, maybe enough people like him now. Let's make him badass. Okay. I'm okay. Moving up. Uh... These four count as one because I think you're absolutely crazy if you don't think these four are going to be in here. Okay. Kenshi. Uh-huh. Because Kenshi is the best thing to come out of that dark age of Mortal Kombat. Okay. Hands down. Katana. Okay. Okay. That one's that one should have been a layup. Devora. Let me tell you why Devora. She killed Melina. She is now the new Melina. Okay. And Aaron Black because Aaron fucking Black is a badass. Okay. So I'm counting those four as one. Okay. Moving up the list, Rain. And I don't mean show up and fuck some shit up, Rain. I mean... Like, actually playable fucking rain. Okay. Because I dig the whole, hey, I'm a douchey asshole ninja, and, we, you know, we get a lot of that at MK, but yeah. dude, he's purple, and just, you know, purple rain, and... <laughs> yeah. Just give me that. He was fun in 9. I, I want to see him in 11. Okay. Moving up that list. This is a deep cut. Okay. Hotaru. From the Justice okay. Realm. Okay. okay. Do you have that on your list? No, I don't. No? Okay. Okay. And I'll explain why Hotaru when I get to the top of this list. Okay. 
moving up. Noob Saibot. Noob Saibot, his physical body is dead. His soul is not dead. It was yeah. confirmed. Uh-huh. He's floating around somewhere. Give me, I don't know, give me a fucking badass version of him. Okay. Right? We don't, uh, like, Cyber Sub-Zero, like, that was a cool kind of version of Sub-Zero. Let me get something like that. Okay. Okay? Noob Saibot. All right. Should even give me a ninja version of Noob Saibot. Yeah. Moving up from there, uh, Movado. I've said this before. I know you don't like him. <laughs> um, Cabal is dead, unfortunately. He's gone. Yeah. He's dearly departed. Uh, we need somebody to take over the Red Dragon. Okay. And Dagon. <clears throat> well, well, Dagon is arguably a worse character than Movado. That's true. Yeah. And let, me, let, me, let me explain why this would work in this continuity. Because then you have Kano and Movado constantly at each other's throats. And it's like the younger than the new guard. Kano is the old guard. He's an old man at this point. You have Movado and Youngblood yes. coming up and fighting. And I think, cool. I think Kano is definitely going to be in there, whether it's DLC or story-wise. He's definitely going to be in there. Okay. I think Movado would be a cool foil to Kano. Okay. All right. So, moving up. Uh, Fujin. <laughs> Fujin. I know Fujin's on your list. Yes, he is. Uh, reason why. Fujin. Earthrealm needs a new god. A new... A new, yeah, because Raiden, lost Raiden his mind. is evil. Yeah, Raiden lost his mind. And um, who better? Because there was a point in MK history where Tobias and Boone sat down and they're like, hey, well, what if we had more than one god fighting for Earthrealm? There's yeah. no reason why there shouldn't be. Yeah. And then Fujin was born. Yeah. And I think Fujin could actually be a lot cooler than Raiden. Okay. And I think there's a lot of playability with the whole wind god thing and. I don't know, man. You have a lot of fucking room with him. Yes, and every time he's been in a game, he was a fun character to play as. Yes. I'm with okay. it. Okay, now I have Liu Kang next. But okay. I don't mean... We're, we're definitely going to see traditional Liu Kang. Okay. Okay? But what I want to see Liu Kang, I want to see... Um, do you remember Mortal Kombat Armageddon? How yes. he came out as a zombie? Yes. I want something like that, but for the possessed version. Because he's still possessed by Quan Chi's dark magic. Yes. I want a completely off-the-fucking-wall fighting style for this version of Liu Kang. Okay. I don't want your traditional bicycle kick, dude. I want something that does not feel like Liu Kang, Uh but is Liu Kang. Interesting. That's what I want to see. Interesting. Because he is still alive. He's still relevant. We got to do something with that character. Okay. Now, I group these two together because there's a couple uh, things that can happen here. Okay. Reiko Havoc. Um, So, I know both those are on your list, right? So it's kind of obvious, unless they come up with somebody completely brand new, who the villain is going to be in Eleven. Mm-hmm. So in the comic line, it was assumed that Reiko was the bad guy. Yeah. But it turns out Reiko was a fucking puppet. Yeah. And Havoc was the one causing all this Mastermind, shit. yeah. So uh, option one, you follow the comic line. Yeah. Reiko is the puppet. Havoc is the real guy. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you could just do to Reiko what you did to Rain. Because mm-hmm. Reiko is actually... The lowest rated in popularity. Really? In MK. Why? I don't know. Probably because wasted potential. Yeah. Okay. That's option one. Option two, you redact the storyline and Reiko is the successor. Uh-huh. He is Shao Kahn's right hand. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? It makes sense. Yeah. And I think it'd be cool. Yeah. You combine a lot of the traditional Shao Kahn moves mm-hmm. with some new school stuff. It, mm-hmm. I like Reiko. Yeah. Um. And then the whole Havoc thing. We got to figure that out. Havoc is a very underrated character. Yes, he is. He is essentially the Joker of the Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you like him. I do. I like him. It's time for him to make a comeback. Because cool. he's been in Deception, Armageddon, and now... That was it. Yeah. Now it's his time to shine. Yep. Okay? So that's that's, that's my list? main lineup. Do you want to hear my DLC or do you want to wait? 
<laughs> Go for your DLC. I think you'll like the DLC. Okay. Okay. So with, with the DLC, what an opportune time to release Michael Myers as a DLC character. That'd be sick. That would be Think cool. about it. We're getting the, the continuation. Yeah. That's Number cool. two, uh, this character was up for consideration for an MKX DLC character, but it didn't make it for whatever reason. Okay. The Terminator. He was up for consideration? Yeah. He was up com- for I consideration. Didn't it hear that. did not pass through for whatever fucking reason. Okay. And then my last one, this one's totally off the wall. This is straight out of early 90s, mid 90s. Uh, Sweet Tooth. Okay. Because. It fits. Because it fits. Yeah, it fits. Sweet Tooth would be such a badass character to okay. play as. If you could fit Freddy Krueger, if you could fucking fit Scarlet, which is essentially <laughs> a, a palette swap of Katana mm-hmm. from what was it, MK2. Well, that was a lie. It was all, that was fake. But yeah, it was, was just a palette swap yeah. on the character, and you made a character out of it, and she was actually pretty cool. Yeah, she was. The blood thing was, was pretty cool. So why not Sawtooth? Yeah. People would lose their fucking mind over Sawtooth. I'm with you. That's my list. Cool. All right. So we did have one, two, three, four, five, six in common. So Fujin, Raiko, Havoc. Katana, Aaron Black. Noob and Noob. All right. Yeah. yeah. So That's this, good. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, so I had actually some written down that I was considering on the list. So they're off to the side. So we'll kind of replace them. Um, for Raiko, instead of uh, put, you know, using him, I put Sector on this list. <laughs> yeah. Just Sector. Sector. Yeah. No, no Tribor, just Sector. Uh, rain, we have to put reptile on it because fuck it, reptile. I think. And what what this with who I think is actually going to be the boss in this next game? It, it, uh, he actually needs to be there for all that. Reptile? Yeah. I don't know, man. I think reptile has been overused. I think he's losing. They need to make him look like a ninja again. No, they need to bring in chameleon and kill out reptile <laughs> because chameleon. Need to make your list. Because uh, chameleons. If they do them right, Chameleon can replace Reptile and be so much better. I agree with that. I, I would even argue that if they did Chameleon right, Chameleon could be like the guy right under the boss. Uh-huh. Because it's adaptive. It's fucking Chameleon. Yeah. You know? I with it. Uh, Ermac, you missed. I'm shocked by that. I don't like Ermac. Like really? That. I think he's cool. I don't think he's vital. Because he's just a clone trooper at the end of the day. Mm, well... Yeah, I gotta agree with that. Let me get a Ermac variant where you can make clones of yourself and beat the piss out of the other guy. That'd be cool. <laughs> Don't give me this spectral ghost floating bullshit. Yeah, I gotcha. Bassist from <laughs> fucking motionless and white. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, okay, smoke. Smoke is on this list. Uh, yeah, sm- smoke and noob go hand in hand. Yeah, I can see. It. I I agree with that for the most part. Well, they have before. Instead of uh, katana, nightwolf. Nightwolf. Well, yep. nightwolf is dead. Well, yeah, I know, but I miss Nightwolf. Yeah, he's a very cool character, yes. but he's dead, Jacob. Yeah, he'll come back. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of it. He, he'll come back as a revenant. I don't even care. Works for me. Oh shit! Yeah, because we're gonna have to have the whole Nether Realm like storyline. We're gonna have to have it. We also have to finish up, wrap up the whole um out like Outworld thing, which is actually gonna be coming down on this list. Shang Tsung makes his triumphant return to the Mortal Kombat series. He was actually prevalent in a l- four endings, I want to say. Shang Tsung. Yeah, he was. Aaron Black's ending, for sure. Uh, I think he was in Cassie's, I think, too. Yeah, but he, he is definitely present in MKX. Yeah. Not a, you know, not full body. Yeah, but, but he, he's there. He, he's got some He's pull. lurking in the background. Yeah, I can't wait for that, man. He, he might be a boss. I'll put him up there. Uh, instead of Aaron Black, we put Baraka, even though he is dead. 
We could do some. They could do like the stitched up variety. I don't know if you remember uh, MK Gold, but it was essentially it was Mortal Kombat Four, but like on the t- Dreamcast. And I guess they had a storyline where um, Kung Lao fucking sliced up his face, so Baraka was stitched together. They should. They can do something like that. That'd be kind of metal. Uh, I think Baraka is overused. Really? With, okay, with him and Molina, those two were, they were made to be kind of like opposites. Like Baraka's hideous on the outside, but gorgeous on the inside. He's actually like a, yeah. you know, and Molina gorgeous on the outside, hideous on the inside. Wow. And those two worked really well as a pair. Yeah, because they were like the bickering couple. Mm-hmm. You know. But now that Molina's dead, I don't see a point in having Baraka. Baraka right now, all Baraka would be is fan service. Well, he would be in the in the place of Molina in the whole Civil War storyline and the out, of the Outworld Civil War thing. Yep. No. All right. Not with that. it. Uh, this was a deep cut. Uh, Darius. Ooh. From Deception. That's deep. <laughs> wow. I just like the way he was designed. That was like the only thing he had going for him. Play style, it was eh. But he also had that 1970s Kung Fu air for O thing was pretty cool I just bring back cobra with the cable no it. no we're not doing that no you, <laughs> don't, you do- don't like that uh we're not doing ken from street fighter no <laughs> uh noob cybot we'll also put i'll put a striker in his place oh like, Stri- striker's dead though isn't he he is he's also a revenant as well but like 95 percent of these characters are revenants at this point all the ones that fa- fans love they're all revenants at this point so it is striker was a good one yep uh kano i think obviously i think Kano's he's gonna make it back getting make him a little bit older a little bit more funny I'm still disappointed on that missed opportunity they had in MKX with him. And uh, Raiden, number one. That, was, that tops the list right there. Yeah. I think uh, think it's a good list, a good comprehensive list. Yeah. I think the only – honestly, out of both our lists, the only two like weird fucking absurd ones were Darius because <laughs> I think Darius is a shit character. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess he looks cool. I'll yeah. give you that. And Hotaru. Yeah. But the whole reason I put a Hotaru on there is because if you're going to bring in Havoc from the you Chaos Realm, yeah. you, you got to bring in a Hotaru from the Justice Realm. Yeah, you need his foil. That's for sure. The, the thing with Hotaru is that he's not Superman. He's not Batman. Yeah. He's not Justice. It's, yeah. He will kill you as long as it brings balance. Yeah. And that is where things kind of get cool yeah. with the character. Definitely. And I think the whole beetle shell outfit looks mm. fucking great. Really? I think I like it. Hmm. No, I know I like it. I think it's fucking great. But I do think the final boss is going to be Onaga. Win, lose, or draw. That's that's my pill. My Onaga? Pill. Yeah. Win, lose, or draw. I think he's going to be. That's why Reptile comes into play. Hmm. Because Reptile was very important to the whole resurrection of Onaga and all that. That's my opinion. Huh. I mean, I think, well, I, more realistically, I think Raiden's probably going to be the final boss in this game. Yeah, definitely. I think that makes sense. But, um, yeah, I guess Onaga. I mean, I wasn't really big on him. But he was better than Blaze. I'll give him that. <laughs> I, yeah, I was just about to say that he was definitely cooler than Blaze and some of the other kind of shitty well, bosses we've what, seen. Well, well, Shinnok, we used to be a shitty boss, and then Shinnok became awesome with the whole fucking skull hands. Necromancer. And, yeah, yeah, that whole thing. Um, I think Onaga. Onaga is one of those big, physically big characters. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be kind of rough to fit that in. Yeah. Unless you want to just have a pull the Shinnok final mode. Yeah. And not actually have him playable. Yeah, you know, I get you, um, but yeah, that's my my kind of opinion on it. Uh, but the, the I like Onaga for one reason is because it makes his physical makeup makes sense why Shao Kahn's helmet looks the way that it does. Okay, because he was you know because Shao Kahn killed Onaga to become the emperor, so of Outworld. So it kind of makes sense that Just tie everything up. Yeah. It'd be nice. I mean, I would like a Shao Kahn to be return, to make a return, but I think that's kind of over with. I think people are kind of sour on him just based on his design, and he's very 90s. What, Shao Kahn? Yeah, just based on his looks. Um, I mean, he's one of the most iconic 
final bosses of all time because he talks shit to you while he's kicking your ass. Yeah. Um, so I think he, Shao Kahn should just be DLC, man. That'd be fun. I could do with it. I could do with that. Just like spam shoulder and fucking hammer. <laughs> yeah. Like bullshit. But I, I really want Reiko. Reiko is probably the number one on my list that I want to return because I love his story arc and I think it's great. There's a lot of potential in these characters that we picked. Yeah. And I think that if this announcement is indeed MK11, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of love put towards these underappreciated characters. Yes, sir. Because MK, NetherRealm Studios is in a period of time now mm-hmm. where it's not a recession, it's progression. Yeah. They can essentially fix all their fuck-ups. Yeah. Because there, there wasn't, it wasn't a total, during the, like you said, during the dark days, as you call it, there wasn't a total lack of creativity. It was just the execution wasn't great. Yeah. With a lot of these guys. And, uh, I like Goro. His time is definitely up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put Shiva in that category and Kintaro. Moloch. Mot- Motaro. What about Motaro? Motaro, I have a soft spot for because yeah. it would always kick my ass. And the first time I beat Motaro, I was like, holy shit, I'm a god. And then I, you know, Shao Kahn fucked me up 10 seconds later. <laughs> but I kind of dig Motaro. I don't know if you can make him work in the storyline. I think it's more of a, what's it called it, logistics of getting his back legs to cooperate yeah. with the whole design of it all. Think yeah. that's well, they had a two-legged Motaro for a bit. Yeah, there. how shitty was that, though? <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. But yeah. I think Motaro and Moloch were definitely kind of the cooler two, mm-hmm. just because Moloch was so out there. He was an Oni. Those are cool. And he was yeah. more Onis were like background characters that they carried a story around, which came from Shaolin Monks, which kind of showed us what Onis were like. God, man. I miss Shaolin Monks, man. I need yeah. to buy that shit. But, but uh, yeah. Lots of uh, potential. I, I still don't think it's MK11. You don't think so? You think I don't just think trolling? so. I, I think... I think they're going to bring something to the table. Definitely not Injustice because I think they're done with that, right? Or they got one more fighter pack? No, I think. Well, that was. I think that was what kind of laid up the whole uh, thing that Boone said. He's like, "Oh, when's Fighter Pack Four coming out or whatever?" He's like, "Oh, we got something cool coming for you at E3 with the K." So I would like it to be MK11. Strong, strong feeling. It's not going to be MK. Uh, well, I feel like a lot of the insiders feel like it's going to be. Like a lot of these guys within the community have a good feeling towards it. So we'll see. Uh, and on a side note, before we move on to your next thing, um, in relation to fighting games, right? Okay. All right. I picked up the new Dragon Ball Z fighter, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, I'm trying. I'm taking a legitimate chance, and I know I said this during Street for Street Fighter, but I'm at, for, I've actually put more practice time into this than I've already had for Street Fighter. It's not saying saying very much, but it is what it is. Um. I will say it's a fucking gorgeous game. <laughs> it looks fantastic. I think it captures the feel of the show. Uh, it's cool. I like the characters. That's like the Dragon Ball Z strong suit is like a lot of the cool characters, especially recently with like Beerus and all these other random guys that they have showing up. Um, mechanics wise, it's built very similar to a lot of the other anime fighters. Uh, I don't really mesh with it. I'm going to actually try to learn. I've hopped in ranked and I'm like, I'm willing to get my ass kicked if it means I learned something. So um, I haven't won a fight yet. <laughs> I, I, my, my, here's my ultimate like I think three on three is too much I think at most it should have been two two v two in a perfect world one v one no because no. Dragon Ball's been doing this for a while you you pick an arsenal really yeah I've played in Raging Blast two mm-hmm. I want to say it was you picked five fucking characters in one of the modes really you have a team of five really yeah hmm well I don't know I think uh, because the, there are so many characters and you pick um three of them i think a lot of them don't have i think a lot of them have a hard time from differentiating between each other you know what i mean because it's like well we just in, in my view there's three 
different types of fighter you can play in, in that game. Okay. You have your strong squares, you have your strong X, and you have your strong triangles. <laughs> That's honestly it. I I would like to give this game more credit, yeah. but after playing two hours of it, I said no. I'm yeah. done. No mess. I see. Uh, I uh, this is a, something that is, like you know, like I said, isn't universal in every other fighting game except Mortal Kombat. I hate the quarter circle movement. I think it's fucking stupid. It hurts my thumb. How come I can't just do down forward? How come I have to fucking? <laughs> that's fucking stupid. I don't. I hate it. That's like the biggest thing that pisses me off because it doesn't come out every time for me. Even though I do it the exact same way every single time, and I sit and practice and like, okay, nail it. When it's time to put in a combo, my fingers just either they don't cooperate or it doesn't read. I think it's just the style of gameplay and how the inputs relate. But I don't know. I, I mean, I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna keep playing and I'm gonna try to get better. Uh, there are some cool things like you know, uh, I like if you if you get your reads right, it actually like pays off. Defensively, there aren't any options. There, there's not like you have you to got def- block and you got instant transmission. Yeah, yeah, and you have the deflect thing, and that's only like if you time it correctly. Um, I don't know. And again, I have a beef with no dedicated block button. That's something that's a, you know again stand out in every that other. Boone spoils us. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna give it a shot, and uh, I'm gonna try to learn. I'm a, I've been doing my research. I'm trying to get good at this game. Well, I wish you better luck than what I had with that game. Copy that. So, that, so that I'm not going to review it because it's not really fair. I've only been practicing and getting my ass kicked on ranked. But other than that, I sure, have nothing sure. more to say about it. Uh, this so is you, Gabe. Xbox released, I should say Microsoft released a commercial this week. Yes, sir. Uh, for the Xbox Adaptive Controller. It is a controller aimed towards uh, physically disabled people. Uh, they're looking to play video games. Mm-hmm. I know... Um, I told you to watch the commercial. Yes. What did you think? I am the first person on planet Earth to shit on Microsoft every time they do something stupid, right? I will say that. However, this video was a wonderful display on what a company like Microsoft can do for people with disabilities. Um, because it's, it's adaptive, right? Depending yeah, you, on what, you, and it changes from game to game. Yeah. It, holy shit! I you, just thought it was genius. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's fantastic. Uh, like a lot of these kids with different disabilities, some things don't work for some. You know, they are able to take the controller and do what they need to do with it, so this kid can enjoy or whoever could enjoy playing the games that they want to play. And I think it's fucking awesome. I think it's great. In the video, it said it's two, um, two controller setups that you can have, and up to two foot pedals. Yeah. So you could really make that work in a yeah. lot of ways. And you want to know the best part of this thing? Hmm. It is a hundred dollars. That's it great. It is affordable. Yeah. It's not some crazy like I got to buy another Xbox One thing. Yeah. It's a hundred bucks. That's good for them, man. And that's um, a good call. I'll, I just want to touch on the commercial a little bit because Microsoft knew exactly what the fuck they were doing with this commercial. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, dude, I had to like stop myself. I was tearing up. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, that was a powerful fucking commercial. Yeah. Like I said, people with. Different types of, not even just like one, you know, you know, maybe a kid can't walk, like different types of disabilities. Kids who have a hard time even communicating or getting the chance to play games. That's fucking awesome, bro. And as a father, you know, if my little girl had a problem, I would want her to still enjoy time with me because this is what I love to do. I love gaming. It's part of who I am. Um, so I would want her to be able to do these things with me. And I'm glad that these kids are getting the chance to live life normally if it's for the hour and a half that they're playing a game. That they'll have a chance to live normally, at least. <clears throat> Second City kids kicking right in the gonads, huh? <laughs> it's, it's just the truth. I mean, I, like I said, I'm the first person to shit on Microsoft because I will, self-admittedly, I am a Sony fanboy. Fan I, I'm not going to lie. I've been a PlayStation guy <laughs> my whole life, right? And I'm not going to lie to you. But 
I think it's a great idea. And good on you, Microsoft. Good slash job, Microsoft. Xbox. Let's yes, talk sir. about Battlefield Five. All right. So nothing, nothing. It was nothing too serious. All right. It's literally Battlefield changed their their logo from the previous game, which was Battlefield One, to a big uh, five, the Norman numeral five. So that's coming out. I don't like. I said I don't really have much of a talking point. I enjoyed Battlefield One. It was a lot of fun. Died out just like a lot of first person shooters do these days. Um, moving on to another topic we we'll talk about in a minute. But um, yeah. So. Yeah, hey, uh, Battlefield 1 sold extremely well. Uh, it had the very opposite hype that Infinite Warfare had. I know you're kind of a soft spot for you because you are an <laughs> Infinite Warfare fan. Um, and if that's the case, Gabe, if you are an Infinite Warfare fan, I think this is next on the docket anyways. Okay, so... Yes, I think... Treyarch, this, right? Is yes. Treyarch, they dropped the Black Ops 4 thing. Yeah. Let's talk about Black Ops 4. All right. Uh, it looks kind of lame. It looks really dumb. Yeah. It's a rehash of three. It's 3.1 with no jetpacks. Well, here's yeah, my, my, my thing is, so like, yeah, like you said, the, the three had jetpacks, right? They had the big launchers thing. Like, how they can explain that in storyline? Like, you were a super soldier. I didn't play it. Don't look at me. <laughs> well, my thing is like, it is a combination of Black Ops 3, some aspects of Infinite Warfare, throw in a little bit of Rainbow Six Siege, throw in a little bit of Overwatch. Throw in PUBG slash Fortnite, and here we are, right? Now, because they have the health bar thing over your head, which is something that really irritated me in Infinite Warfare because I felt like it was lying to me. <laughs> um, they don't have, um, like, grenades don't, you don't have a set number. Now they, like, regenerate over time. Now health does not re-autogen. You have to use a health pack to get your health back up, which I actually think is a good call. Um, I think it's good. Um I was a flan, flan. I was a flan. I was a uh, fan of Black Ops Three. I am a fan of Treyarch, and ultimately, what I think this is going to come down to is I'm gonna play the beta. If it doesn't impress me, I'm not gonna buy it. Um, Gabe, I know you probably have a little bit. You're gonna be a little bit harder on, going hard on this. What are your opinions? I think it's dumb. I think that, and we've discussed this topic before, how many times are you going to rehash the same fucking product, put a different makeup on it, and sell it? 10 years. Because uh, <laughs> the zombies looks okay. Yeah. But looking at the zombies for World War Two, there was massive fucking hype. It was mm. supposed to be a completely different zombies than what we knew. Yeah. And it was just out of, you know, blown out of proportion and stuff. But I don't know, man. Black Ops 4 doesn't really amaze me and yeah. I, I want to kind of segue this into what what is the state of the video game scene and i just think that call of duty's in a rut as as a whole not just treyarch not just uh Sledge. franchise yeah the franchise is in a rut i agree and i think that the guys that are innovating like siege overwatch pubg slash fortnite whichever team you're on I think the guys that are innovating, they stand out clearly. Real quick, can I address that 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 previous statement where it's like PUBG slash Fortnite, like whatever? Well, I know Fortnite totally ripped off PUBG. Well, no, my my thing is like, who fucking cares? <laughs> like, there's like wars that go on in, in the comments of these things. It's like, oh, PUBG versus for third person shooter. One's a cartoon. One's more realistic. First person shooter. There's no fucking difference. Like. Really, there's not. Uh, I mean, you may think that you're a tactical badass because you have to fucking go around buildings. Some think you're fucking awesome for falling out of a sky like a goddamn meteor. I don't. I don't give a fuck. You're just the same game. God damn it. Last but man standing. My point is, go the ahead. guys who Sorry. are innovating, 
as you can see, their ideas are just being rehashed. And Sledgehammer's like, well, I should say Treyarch in this instant. They're like, hey, you see that, uh, that PUBG Fortnite stuff right there and that Overwatch stuff for you? We should put that in our game. I will say one cool thing about that whole Blackout thing, because they're calling it Blackout. They're not calling it Battle Royale because, you know, obvious reasons. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because um, legal reasons. They will say, they said that it's going to, because the map is going to be big, obviously. It has to be. They're saying that they're going to copy, not, well, I guess copy, yeah, copy and paste different maps from the history of the franchise and make it like one giant map so like this is going to be firing range over here is going to be nuketown over here is going to be that's and they're going to have like characters that you can select from the franchise from the story mode which <laughs> there is none um and like you'll be able to play them in like reznov or you know the masons or whatever the fuck that's kind of cool to me. <laughs> the, the masons yeah. and reznov all right <laughs> so three characters well price and you know uh, well price and soap are infinity ward aren't they well i heard price well price was in uh like all of them okay. actually price was like a yeah, the price was in all of them, I believe. Um, and who else? Like off the top, Hudson and you know, all these people up and down the franchise, Raul Menendez and stuff like that. I think that's kind of cool because it's like a mixed match. It's almost like a greatest hits. The numbers, Mason. Yeah, <laughs> like a greatest hits of the Black Ops stuff. And I'm a fan of the series as a whole, the, the Black Ops series at least as, as a whole. Um, so, yeah, I would agree overall. Uh, they're not innovating. They're replicating at this point, and that's the problem. They used to be the trendsetters, and now they're just following them. Rest in pepperoni, Call of Duty. Yes, sir. Let's talk about a more successful franchise, Kingdom Hearts 3. Okay, so first off, let's lead off with the fact that Kingdom Hearts 3 was a PlayStation 3 console seller that never came out because that's just the world <laughs> and how it works. So naturally, when the PS4 was coming out, it's like, well, we still got Kingdom Hearts 3 coming eventually at some point. Uh, it's been announced. Uh, they have, I guess, like a sneak, like a, a closer look preview out there, out and about. Uh, Maximilian dude actually went with his wife to get to like to the event that they had with it, bro. Yeah, I, I don't know what your opinion on Kingdom Hearts. I'm sure you're a fan um, because it's literally the the best of Final Fantasy and Disney mixed together into a hot hodgepodge of amazingness. They have fucking the map I saw. They had uh, Andy's house at the, in the Toy Stories, and it's I heard it's a little bit more action based, not as RPG ish, which is kind of typical of kingdom hearts it wasn't really like turn-based it was like you run around you use your sword stuff like that it looks fucking fantastic and i want your opinion on the franchise as a whole and if you're looking forward to this next one i think if you grew up with a playstation 2 at any point in your life i think you know what fine or kingdom hearts is mm -hmm. uh, i think you nailed it on the head disney final fantasy mixed together mm -hmm. a lot of a couple of other elements um i think uh the franchise is good yeah what i'm particularly uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of, I don't want to say impressed, but I'm uh, particularly aware of is what they're doing. And so, obviously, most of us have played Kingdom Hearts one, two, and some of the like the other spinoff and yeah. betweeners as we were growing up, as yeah. we were kids, teenagers, and now most of us have big boy jobs, mm -hmm. we have responsibilities and stuff. Yeah. And now they're getting us excited again for us to spend our money. Yeah. Not essentially a bad thing because yeah. they don't put out shit product yeah. like that. You know, they're not a mm -hmm. shit factory. I think they're going to put a, a quality game, but it's something to note because it is exactly the same thing Disney's doing mm -hmm. with Toy Story 3 and now Toy Story 4. Yeah. And I don't know, kind of uh, just be aware what's going on. I am excited. I'm not trash talking. Mm -hmm. Just be observant. Yeah. So you like, you don't want the hype to overtake it almost kind of a deal. Uh, wanna, the, the hype has overtaken a lot of stuff. You want to make sure that the quality is there that matches. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I'm excited. I know it's going to be a good game. Yeah. I don't want people to run around shirtless screaming about some fucking, you know, going nuts over it. Yeah. 
my hope is that I could fight Darth Vader. That's my hope. Moving <laughs> on to the next topic. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's gaming as a whole. I think we had a little bit of gaming talk there. Yeah, we, we had a good good chunk. That was a fucking... That's an hour, Gabe. That I'm was just a, on gaming. That was an hour basically on gaming. I'm sorry. Oh, listen oh boy. <laughs> so we're going to have to... Well, I don't want to say we're going to have to blow through all these, but yeah. Let's talk music. Okay. Right. So, originally I put it being as Notion Tour. That's a lie. They're going to come in the fall. We don't have any dates yet. But they dropped a music video for OK. Check it out. It's some pretty cool artsy work. Of course it is. Uh, let's talk about the big one. Uh, the Probably the metalcore tour of the year mm-hmm. right now. Yes, sir. Um, so bottom up, Polaris, mm-hmm. the band I mentioned many moons ago, mm-hmm. that bang. Uh, then we have the Devil Wears Prada, mm-hmm. already like A tier right here. Yeah. Right? After that is... August Burns Red. ABR, mm-hmm. <laughs> which would be enough on its own. Yeah, it would be absolutely enough. And then we have Parkway Drive on yes, top sir. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to hear your opinion on this tour. Um, I feel like I've seen something similar to this back in the day. Uh, where's it? Where's it at here? It's at the Riviera. Okay, cool. Uh, in a venue that fits. Uh, I would. I mean, it would never happen because these bands are too big. Fucking put that shit in the bottom lounge and just watch shit. Get- <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just- Watch it sell out in five minutes and let it get dirty. But I know that's not going to happen. I mean, that worst product could fit there. They've played at the yeah. bottom line. That's where, I saw them. that's where we both saw them last time. Yeah. Um, it's a good. It's going to be a good tour. I mean, I don't deny it. It's a fucking weekday, so I can't do nothing about it. A <laughs> couple but, points I want to hit about this tour. Yeah. First of all, last week we talked about how Bleed From Within might have some issues gaining popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that this tour... And I don't mean this in like a mean way. I think this tour just proves you wrong because Polaris is from Australia mm-hmm. and clearly their agents, their, their connections got with whoever the fuck's connections, probably Parkway Drive or, you know, ABRs over here, they gained notoriety and these guys were like, Hey, let's, let's, all right, let's go ahead, go ahead, interject. Parkway Drive is Australian. Oh, shit, they're also Australian. Yeah. All right. I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally overlooked it. Yeah. So that's that's the connection there. Still, point in case, tiny fucking freshman year band touring with giants. Yeah. Honest to God, giants in yeah. the scene. I agree. And other point I want to talk about, uh, the new Parkway Drive album. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It is dad metal, but it is good dad metal. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. And quick follow-up, um, Winston, in an interview, somebody, the interviewer asked him, did you outgrow metalcore? And Winston mm-hmm. said, yeah, okay. which is fine. You know, do what you got to do as an artist, but you are arguably on the metalcore tour of the year. Yeah. And I just thought it was We outgrew metalcore even though the best metalcore band in the world is playing underneath us. And, and then the this, follow-up is also playing underneath yeah. us. And, <laughs> and then this new up-and-coming metalcore band is playing below them. Yeah, so I'm I'm not upset. I'm gonna go because this is gonna be fucking. They should do a tour with ludicrous. like Kiss or something. What? I said they should do like a tour with like Kiss or something. They should do a tour with uh, Five Finger, Finger Death, Death Punch. Punch. Yeah, uh, Kill Switch Engage and Devil Driver. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Dead metal in a nutshell. Yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> if Josie Lopez listens to it, it's probably dead metal. I fucking love Lamb of God. It's like. Mm. They're, they're there dude. yeah man i don't need uh shaggy screaming at me like that <laughs> <laughs> but check it out check out the dates some of these things have already sold out so if you're gonna go get your fucking tickets There's a lot of bangers on there what can we say right definitely a lot of bangers yes sir 
Uh, okay, so let's talk about Bless the Fall. You finally got around to the album. Yes, sir. I'm going to throw it out there. I don't really like it like that. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And that's the issue. Bless the Fall was was a giant yes, at one point. First three albums, it was like, holy shit, Bless the Fall, Bless the Fall. Mm-hmm. And then something, something, 2018, meh. Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk about the album. All right. So. <sighs> All right. So. Uh, I, like you said, this March came out, or this, this album came out in March, right? I used to be a huge, huge, huge Bless the Fall fan, right? Um, like you said, those first three albums really spoke to me. Granted, I was 18 years old, but uh, in retrospect, I went back because this is something that I want to discuss. I tried to remove the nostalgia glasses here, right? I'm like, let me go back to those albums and see if they bang just as hard as they used to bang for me back in the day, right? After listening to this album as a whole. They still bang the same way that they used to bang back in the day. So it wasn't something that I grew out of, right? Um, the last, after anything after Hollow Bodies for Bless the Fall has been subpar to not great, right? Um, and I've discovered the problem, okay? The problem is the production. The problem is, is Bo Boken is the vocalist. He is a talented individual. They are trying, whoever is behind pulling the strings on Bless the Fall, is trying to make him him a star. Just him. He is not the strong point in Bless the Fall, right? He is a icing on the cake that is Bless the Fall. The star of Bless the Fall has been, and since, been since Craig Mabbitt left the band, is Jared Werf, the bassist slash screamer. He is the star of Bless the Fall, and he's been since... Craig Mabbitt left. Since Craig Mabbitt left, yeah. <laughs> um, and even then, he was still kind of the star. Uh, with this new album, uh, there are things that I enjoy, right? But my problem is, is they have some fucking killer riffs, right? Uh, it's plus the fall. They have great riffs on, the, on this album. My problem is, is that it's buried under borderline EDM beats. And... I understand that's kind of the product of, you know, whatever they're doing productive production wise. And I know they had Jerry Sturgis for hollow, uh, hollow bodies, which is the album prior or two albums prior to this. And maybe it just became part of the formula. Uh, remove it from the formula because it's so disingenuous, right? It's not, it doesn't belong. It was not part of who they were. And suddenly in the middle of all this thing, they just want to become a pop band, right? Almost. They're they're doing, they're pulling a bring me the horizon without committing. Yeah. What they're trying to do. I'd agree with that. They're like, hey, we want to break into the mainstream, but we don't want to piss off all our metalcore fans. Yeah. We want people to still mosh to our music. Well, it's like, we'll pick one. (laughs) Pick one. Yeah. Pick one. Um, And if they were smart, they would pick the one that they're really good at and not the one that they're subpar at. Um, musically, it's a good album, you know, um, it's fine. It's, it's fine. I mean, um, uh, like I said, there's some just really killer riffs that just get fucking buried and there's things bless the fall used to be a band that would be able to seamlessly transition from aggressive to melodic, right? Now it's like flipping a switch. Oh, melodic time. Okay. Whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, whoa. Boop. You have, there's. There, there used to be a transition that transit that strong writing that was able to blend these two elements together and make it sound good and original. Now it's just like, let's give Bo his mummy because he needs a mummy because he's standing there looking like an idiot without having to sing for a second. Right. Um, I like Bo, 
He married light, so good for him. He's living a good life. But um, I think uh, any element that is focusing on him is taking away from this band as a whole. The Unless you're Jared Worth, the sum of this band is greater than its parts. The Vanna Complex. Van, yeah, the Vanna Complex. Um, so... If you're a fan of the last two plus the full albums, you're probably going to like this. Um, if you're looking for a rebirth or a resurrection and bless the fall, don't bother. Yeah, this this is not it. Um, I hate to say it. For me, at least, this album gets swept under the generic course background. Music. Yeah, because, like, dude, honestly, and this is like a straight up, I didn't even know the album came out. Because when you said, oh, finally, I looked. I'm like, when did this come out? Come out. I didn't even know when it came out. Yeah, it came out in March. It's three all three months old, and I didn't even know. And it's not like I've been out of the scene. I've been paying attention, and I'm a fan, and I yeah. just, just I totally missed it. And it's just like that's kind of showing because, like you said, they were giants. They were huge. Yeah, they, they were. They had a movement. They were gonna. They were gonna break out. And they were. I would say that they were probably right up there. When it when did Hollow Bodies come out? Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. That sounds about right. So that was right around the time there is a hell came out. Well, actually, hold on. Or was that 2012? Because I was already dating Adriana by the time Hollow Bodies came out. So that would have to be like 2013. So Sempaternal. So that came out right out there with Sempaternal. And I would say they were up up until Sempaternal came out. Yeah. They were just as influential as Bring Me the Rise. Yeah. You know, Sempaternal being the whole. Yeah. Bringing them into stardom S tier. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. But. But yeah, man, I just it's it's kind of upsetting. Yeah. But that's just me though. I'm salty. Well, they had a um a, such a meteoric rise that it was only fair to see them decline. They have a big landslide because otherwise the universe would be unbalanced. And uh, yeah, yeah, man. In order to counter that, a, a black hole would have to form in the middle of some other galaxy. In the middle of a deathcore set. <laughs> yeah. <It was> just... <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about this producer, Will Putney. Okay. Um, you might know him for. From a fit for an autopsy, yeah, he is a he was because they're broken up. If I'm if I had my stuff correct, fit for autopsy, autopsy that broken up. Yeah, I thought they were together still. I I thought they broke up. Go ahead, no. unless it was annotations of an autopsy. It might have been that one. <laughs> no, I shit you not. It's a real band that I liked at one point. Oh yeah, god. So I'm gonna throw out some of the work this guy did, and let me preface this by saying I put stuff on here that I know for a fact me and you like. This is not his old discography. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's start with a throwback one. Armor for Sleep. Wow. What to do when you are dead. 2005, bitch. Mm-hmm. All right, moving down the list. Uh, Chiodos, Illuminatio. Ooh. Yeah. yeah that goes Will Putney. That's a good one. Moving down the list. Uh, he did three Upon a Burning Body albums. He did The World is Ours, Red, White, and Green, and The World is My Enemy Now. So all of them up until Out of the Barrios. Mm-hmm. Okay. He did, obviously, the Fit for an Autopsy stuff. He did Subliminal Criminals and the album before that for uh, uh, Straight from the Path. path, He did Let Go. Probably my favorite 100th album. Okay. He did Chasing Ghosts, Let the Oceans Take Me, and This Could Be Heartbreak for the Amity Affliction. Wow. All of which are pretty fucking awesome. Okay. He did Hate, Holy War, and Dear Desolation by Thy Art is Murder. Ooh. All three of those. So we're already on like a spotless record. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Strangers Only, My Ticket Home. Will Putney. Uh, slave to nothing, fit for a king. Bad omens, self-titled. Will Bro, Putney. okay, so hold on. So real, real quick, you brought this dude's name. I saw it in the list. I'm like, 
that name is very familiar, but I didn't look it up because like, I'm sure Gabe's going to shed some light on this. Yeah. This dude has... <laughs> hang on, but there's more. So, Bad Omen, self-title. Knocked Loose, Laugh Tracks. Damn. The the whole reason they're big now, Laugh yeah. Tracks. Every Time I Die, Low Teens. And then the newest Counterparts record, You Are Not You Anymore. And I think... And like I said, this was just stuff that I nitpicked that I know for a fact we like. Wow. That's impressive. Will yeah. Putney, you are God tier. You're up. You are better than Terry Date. Who is Terry Date? I don't know. <laughs> Will Putney, you are great. Wow, that's some good shit. He's also in a band called End, isn't he? Uh, he might be. I don't know if you've actually heard that, but there is an, a band that came out with an EP. I believe it was earlier this year. It was called End. Let me see if I could find it right quick. And... Um, yeah, it was very good. Let me see if I can pull that up right quick. My bad. My bad. Um, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? End. For yeah, it was actually came out. It came out last year. It was called uh, from the from un- the unforgiving arms of God. He yeah. did that as well. He produced it. There, was he in it? What did he? Play, does he play any instruments? Uh, hmm. Yep, he is in end. And he, for fit for an autopsy, he is in both of those. Is he a guitarist then? Oh, drummer. I don't know. Actually, it's a good question. <laughs> I'm not, now I'm looking at well, it. he was the guitarist for Fit for an Autopsy. Yeah, okay. So that I'm assuming sense. he did guitar. Yeah, that makes sense. For end. Wow. So the man, the myth, the legend behind arguably between the two of us, some of the most influential albums. At least deathcore in, albums. in our in our forty odd years that we've been here, yeah. deathcore and metalcore wise. Yeah, right for sure. Yeah, yeah. Fair assumption. Will yeah. Putney, thank you. Yeah, for sure. A sincere thank you. <laughs> for sure. All right, let's go get into the broken side review. <laughs> no, this, this is not a review. It's not a review. Uh, I'm not touching that shit with a ten foot pole. <laughs> so I don't know if you know it. How familiar are you with Broken Side, Gabe? Yeah, here and there. Okay, so Broken Side was came from an era of groups. And like 2008, that was like, we're going to be cool and edgy. We're going to mix crunk with with screamo. (laughs) Bro. So they've been gone MIA, thank God, for quite some time. And we thought that we rid ourselves of this current situation. They dropped a new single. I'm not touching it. I'm staying very, (laughs) very far away from it. So with that, I wanted to lead to the kind of the conversation is... Where we kind of touched upon, like, oh, bands that Attack are Attack Attack is going to be back at Warped Tour this well, year. Well, not, not even just that, but, like, bands that, you know, we talk, you know, previously we talked about bands that are good, but you they, they don't speak to you. What band out there or genre that you just straight up detest and cannot stand? And then you just, like, I would scrape it off the face of the earth if I could. Because Crunkcore is up there. Def- no, Crunkcore <laughs> is most definitely up there. That is an abomination. Yeah. Because at least with... Crabcore, you can argue that there's some sort of mixture of talent and luck and beats that goes into making yeah, something catchy. Sure. Crunkcore is definitely the kids that are like, this is a scene, mom. Or this is a phase. Yeah, for sure. And I, off the top of my head, I can't really come up with anything else. I remember the girls with the fucking big ass hair with the stupid bow right here at Warped Tour. Oh, uh, uh, no, the girls that bought all their stuff from Hot Topic and wore those black really lace skirts I, I, i'll tell this story again and i think i've told it on the podcast before it was 2007 this is the warp tour that featured under all sales uh the used i believe the devil wears prada i think august burns red was on this tour uh who else um shit 
bunch of really, really fucking good bands, right? So good that I had a hard time like picking and placing where I was going to be. <laughs> Chiodos was on this tour. I walked, I ran across the skull. I remember it vividly. I ran across the Skull Candy stage, like running across, and the Millionaires were on stage, and they were from that era, from that vibe. And there was like a like a, a decent crowd. I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, let me stay for a second. And they came out, and they started doing their shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I ran as far <laughs> and as fast as I could in the opposite direction. Nope. It was raining. I remember this day like it happened yesterday because I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, what are these creatures that have surrounded me? What is going on? <laughs> And lo and behold, I've never seen them at another Warped Tour ever again. And I thank my lucky stars every day. Outside of my child being born, that was like the scariest day of my life. (laughs) Wow. All right. Great story. Let me get into the music recommendations I have for this week. Cool. Okay. So um, first band, I told Jacob to check him out. He didn't. Fucking check them out. I have not have the time, Gabe. I'm working 10-hour days. They dropped the (laughs) album in December of 2017, so not too long ago, a band called For All Eternity. Uh, They're not new to the scene. Mm -hmm. They've been around for quite some time, but their new album... uh, Fuck, what was the name of it? You tell me, bro. Their new album, The Will to Rebuild, is a banger. And you should definitely check it out. What's it called again? Uh, the Will to Rebuild. To rebuild. Uh, in particular, if you're looking for something to put on like your workout playlist or something like that, <laughs> I don't the do that. song <laughs> called Ascendant. That song rips and shreds. And y- you ever hear something like a, like a metal song and you're like, that's how I want to scream? Yeah, yeah, this song for me. Interesting. Uh, another band I want to throw out there. Uh... For All Eternity was the first one. To Kill Achilles. I checked out their single to that you kill mentioned. Kill Achilles. Okay. Shoot him in the heel with an arrow. Did you not throw these guys out there? Or am I thinking of stuff? What? This band. To Heal Achilles? To Kill Achilles. No. no? Okay. To Kill Achilles. If you like being as notion, uh, check these guys out. Okay. They're up the same alley of early being as notion in that poetic core. They bring a lot of the poetic core stuff, a lot of emo stuff, and a lot of hardcore genre stuff. Think... Um, capsize okay. in that vein. Really good. Check them out. Uh, they dropped a single called Venom. It's a fucking banger. This album's going to be great. Okay. And then one more band. This is a metalcore band out of Ireland called Dream Awake. They dropped a single from their upcoming album. Uh, it's called Dispersion. Check it out. Mm-hmm. It, I would say fans of Wage War, fans of Underoathy stuff would like this. This has got its Heavy riffs, it's got its heavy screams, and it's got its light, big choruses. Check them out. Those cool. are three bands I recommend for this Very, week. very cool. I got no recommendations this week because I've been working 10-hour days. Go ahead, Gabe. <laughs> All right, let's talk uh, movies TV. Yes, sir. There's a movie called The Big Kill. Uh, Danny Trejo's in it. Oh, I yeah. love Danny Trejo. Sold. It's great. I'm surprised there's not a... Uh... Actually, I'm not going to say it because I'm going to bring it next week. Um, so uh, my follow-up point to this is uh, the rebirth of a genre. Do you think Westerns are coming back? Because in the past 10 years, there has definitely been a trend. Uh, hmm. Westerns coming back. Free 10 to Yuma. Yeah. Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan. Mm-hmm. It was a fucking Western. Mm-hmm. This. Cowboys vs. Aliens. Why? <laughs> well, Magnificent really? Seven. Oh, okay. Hateful Eight was a Western. Well, it's more of like a Northwestern, but sure. Wyoming. But, um, 
Yeah, I could say. I mean, like, I, I think the formula of a Western is not, it's not the same thing anymore, obviously. Uh, but yeah. Sure. Is the cowboy making a comeback? I hope so. Cowboy movies are cool. What's more cool than a cowboy? Uh, Other than like ninjas. Ninjas. Definitely ninjas. Mm. I'll take ninjas over a cowboy. Vikings. I would agree with that. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff cooler than a cowboy, <laughs> but we'd want the Western to come back. Yeah, we do. Uh, but okay, cool. All right, let's talk about Del Toro. First off, wait, hold on. Moving wait, on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is Robert Rodriguez involved in any of that? Uh, I got to follow up with that. I just saw the poster. I kind of glanced over it. I saw Danny Trejo. I got excited because Danny fucking Trejo. I'm, I'm assuming that Robert Rodriguez is involved somewhere in all I, that. Yeah, I would assume so. It seems like right up his alley. It definitely does. Del Toro. Okay, so I guess, uh, you know, uh, we're in a very uh, big need, I feel like, of horror anthology series, right? Like, to, uh, like from... The, well, there was like uh, Tales from the Crypt and like, you know, like back in the day where from the Nickelodeon standpoint, it's like, are you afraid of the dark? And then you had goosebumps and stuff like that. Right. We don't really have stuff like that anymore. Right. Kids don't get to be scared anymore because what if they get offended and they need their safe spaces and stuff like that. Right. Uh, so Guillermo del Toro has announced his plans to create a horror. Well, I guess horror suspense, his alley of stuff, uh, anthology series to put on Netflix. And I think of Del Toro, who is now an Academy Award winning director. Uh, I mean, win, lose, or draw. He won. Right. Um, I think it is a good chance for that kind of genre to come back. Yeah, to come back. Because kids used to like being scared, man. You know? Well, we used to like being scared. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. Yeah. I have some beef with Del Toro because the last two movies he dropped. Overall, he's a good director. I do like him. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, everything has been moving towards the series route as opposed to the movie. Just because yeah. you have more room to play, you have more room to develop. Yeah. And do kind of what you want. Yeah. And if this is an anthology, then we might be able to see some stuff that Del Toro has been putting on the back burner for maybe even years. Yeah. Uh, like a 40-minute thing that wouldn't have made a good movie, but yeah. it make, might make a good episode. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like other than like American Horror Story, I don't can't think of anything else that's kind of... Uh, Black Mirror. What's that? Like Black Mirror is about the horrors of technology and okay. stuff. It's really cool. You should check it out. They have a VR episode in season three. Absolutely fucking terrifying. Huh. But, Interesting. Yeah. Black Mirror. It's also on Netflix. Um, yeah. Check that shit out. But cool. that American Horror Story. I think those are the big ones. If there's something else out. Oh, and um, From Dust Till Dawn. Right. I don't know if we ever talked about that. Have you actually watched the series? No, I haven't. Dude, it is so good. Well, then we have three. Big yeah, ones right but it's now. not really an anthology. That's like, that's a story. You know what I mean? Well, American Horror Story. Well, each season is its own individual, thing, but it's yeah. all connected and it's all like an anthology kind of a kind of a deal. Um, but yeah, watch it if you get a chance. It's very good. It's good. Yeah, it's very. I'll, good. I'll look at it. Uh, but yeah, so we need that. And I'm that, glad uh, that that movie was a total fuck you from dust till dawn. Oh yeah, totally. I love it. <laughs> it's so great. I, 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 did I tell you the story about how I got Adriana to watch it? What'd you tell her? This was is a just, romance? No. I told Adriana, I'm like, oh, she's like, what's, what's the movie about? I'm like, it's about two brothers who like to rob and they, and they go to Mexico. <laughs> I gave her no context about the vampires, the whole the massive shootout, yeah, all not, the bullshit that happens of, in the last 30 minutes. Not, none of that. I gave her no context. And I remember when Sama Hayek broke out the, yeah, you're welcome to slavery thing. She's like, what the fuck is this? And she liked it. Yeah, it's a great movie. Check yeah. it out from Death Till Dawn. Yeah, but uh, yeah, 
So, moving on. Moving on. Zombieland 2. Uh, something that I didn't think would get a sequel. Is this happening or is this rumors? This is happening. Uh, from what I understand, they're going to bring the whole cast back, which, you know, Willie Harrelson's been a star for quite some time, but Jesse Eisenberg is a cat, you know, Oscar nominated. He, yeah, he's been up there for the past couple uh, years. Emma Stone is a legitimate starlet now, and Abigail Breslin is like an adult. <laughs> so, we're getting these guys. We saw them the first time in Zombieland before, well, except maybe Woody. Before everybody was kind of big and up there, yeah, right. Uh, at least the younger cast. But now we're getting them back as full-grown full adults, yeah. full-blown, uh, you know, acclaimed actors and actresses. I think. Well, actually, did we argue? Uh, like, arguably, I guess Abigail Breslin would have been the biggest star because she was a star when she was a kid in like Little Miss Sunshine uh, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. But um, yeah, man, I guess it's, we're finally getting the sequel. Uh, like you said, I, I wouldn't really necessarily agree it needed one, but that. Is space for more stories to be told in that universe? Obviously, yeah, the quest for more Twinkies. Yeah, gonna pull a fucking spaceballs on us now. Yeah, probably spaceballs too. The quest for more money. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's gonna be something that's cool. I mean, the first one was extremely smart and extremely funny. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think they had a very good uh, like dynamic between the four of them, and I think that's something that we could we could enjoy, and not necessarily thumb our nose at and be like, man, you need one. And it's not like we could be like, oh, too soon. If anything, it was they waited too long. If anything, yeah. Um, quick thing: me and zombie movies go really well together because mm-hmm. you could have just a shit zombie movie, and if there's adequate gore, I'll still like <laughs> watch it. Passable, yeah. you know, like pass. <laughs> yeah, D minus, but it's still passing. Yeah. But I think that the zombie movie genre is kind of good for that passable movie. Yeah. Category. Yeah. Because like I said, you watch, you don't watch a zombie movie for the fucking plot. Mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah. If you if you are, you're in the wrong fucking genre. <laughs> you watch it for the gore, and you watch it for the creative kills and the shenanigans that ensue. Yeah, you sure. know? And I think, I don't know, I think Zombieland kind of had the best of both worlds. Because yeah. you did have that cleverness that, that you mentioned. Yeah. I did really enjoy the first one. And um, I don't know, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Might should, see it, might not. We'll see. Should be fun. Well, I guess it really depends what that first trailer looks like. But it should be fun. Cool. Gabe. All right. Uh, before I get into my Deadpool 2 review, I'm going to cover Nuvi. Uh, have you seen the commercials for Nubi? I have not. It's an app you download on your phone, and you get to the theater, I don't know, like half an hour before commercials, and you get to play some augmented reality stuff with the app and the big screen. Okay. Not too sure how it works. Cool concept. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, dude. Brings them into the theater early. I guess it's all right. Can't yeah. be that bad, right? Uh, fun fact. When I worked at the movie theater, I played Mortal Kombat 9 on the big screen. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> the input was stupid, but the input lag was dumb, but it was fun. Because of a massive screen. It was huge. It was a movie theater screen. Yeah. Yeah. Me and the, it was like we had a meeting and then it was like, oh, free for all. So, yeah. But God. Okay. So, cool cool concept. I'll yeah. throw it out there. I haven't played with it. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah. I, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Get them back into the theater. Get them back early. Yep. Okay. Let's talk Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2 is hands down my movie of the year. <laughs> okay. I have no idea what's, what else is even going to come close to this. Okay. I, I don't. Honest to God, no. Unless there's some fucking sleeper movie out there that surprises me. Mm-hmm. Deadpool 2 takes all the issues that the first one has and it resolves them fully and honestly. Deadpool 2 is a movie that made me laugh. Deadpool 2 is a movie that almost made me fucking cry. It <laughs> okay. is that good. Okay. I think that if you haven't seen Deadpool 2 yet, you should drop what you're doing next week and go see Deadpool 2. I have not seen it. Because it's just as funny, if not more funny... Mm-hmm. And like I said, it resolves all the issues the first one had. Also, don't look up anything about this movie. Go okay. in completely blind. Okay. I don't want to give anything away, but there's some stuff that you'll be like, what? Okay. Copy that. It's great. 
And please, for the love of God, stay for all the post credit scenes. There's two of them. There's two of them. There's two of them. Don't wait till you know all the credits are gone and the lights go up. There's two of them. Okay. Check it out. It is, wow, fucking great movie. Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> keep keep doing it. Okay. Keep doing it. Well, until Disney tells him not to anymore. Yeah, until Disney which is tells him not to tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> by the by the way, Hulk, I need you to cut down the blood and the and the swearing, Hulk. <laughs> Well, I think he'll drop it before he'll, he'll drop Deadpool before he drops that whole yeah, compromise thing. I agree. But Deadpool fucking too. He literally calls uh, Josh Brolin Thanos in it. And I think it's <laughs> fucking hilarious. He calls him Thanos. That's funny. That's funny. He takes a poke at uh, at the Wolverine multiple times. He takes a poke at Logan. <laughs> okay. This movie has no rules. It okay. is completely unhinged. Check it out. I love it. Okay. Like cool. I said. I don't know what else is going to even come close to this because this hit my spectrum of emotions in two hours. <laughs> Interesting. That's I love cool. it, man. It's so good. Enthusiastic game. Oh, it's also a family movie. He says that in the beginning, in the very first five, ten minutes, that this is a fucking family movie. <laughs> okay. Notice. That's that's funny. Oh man. Yeah, that's all I got for Deadpool 2 without no spoilers. Start, Gabe. How many how what would your what's your rating? Out of five stars. Four and a half. Okay. Solid nine out of ten. The only reason it doesn't get ten out of ten is because if you earn the ten out of ten rating, you are going to be a classic movie like Casablanca, mm-hmm. like Nosferatu, stuff that carries over. Deadpool is going to be good. It's going to be relevant. I don't know if people 100 years from now are going to be watching Deadpool. Oh, Deadpool 2. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So right. nine okay. out of ten. I cool. love it. Cool. Very cool. Very, very cool. All right, Gabe. So, oh, so you're going to skip the Matrix thing? Are you gonna see that? Oh yeah, I forgot about our okay. retro review. Yep, I watched the Matrix. Uh, my girlfriend wanted to see it. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, let me let me talk about the Matrix like this. It, the Matrix is one of those movies where people are gonna watch it a hundred years from now. Yep, it is. I would say it's the most influential slash important movie, probably in our generation, in our in our lifespan. I would argue. Definitely up there, for sure. Definitely up there. Mm-hmm. If it's not number one, it's still number within your top three. Yeah. Okay? This movie has aged like fine wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie has aged really well. All the topics are still prevalent. Um, the scenes of those Sentinel robots still give me crazy anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was good. That's good stuff, man. Um, all the characters are great. The one kind of issue I had, the one thing that didn't age so well was the last... 20 minutes or so when neo flies into agent smith and blows him up from the inside that cg didn't age well but because everything else was so spot on perfect it's totally negligible if you haven't seen the matrix within the past two or three years please go sit down and rewatch it totally prevalent um there's a conversation with mouse one of the like side characters and he says, how do the robots know what chicken tastes like? How do, the, how do we know we got that right? Mm-hmm. Because for all we know, they could have gotten it wrong. And that's why chicken kind of tastes like everything. Or everything kind of tastes like chicken. And it's, that is totally spot on. It's tasty wheat. It's totally spot on. <laughs> but yeah, Matrix, if you haven't seen it recently, please go watch it. The Wachowski brothers, well, there's love. They're not brothers anymore. Okay. With this movie. The Wachowskis, they're, they're, they're girls now. You know that, right? Now I do. Anyway, <laughs> this movie is phenomenal. Please, please go rewatch it if you yeah, haven't. I agree. 150%. I enjoy it. All it, right. Let's roll into the final topics and all call right. it a night. All right. So this is just the, the basic. What are you jamming? You kind of already covered that. Oh, I have one more band, though. Okay. Um, 
Sworn In is a band from Grays Lake, Chicago. Mm -hmm. They're about an hour outside of the city, if you don't know where that is. Um, I said Grays Lake, Chicago, by the way. I didn't say Grays Lake. Illinois. Illinois. That's, that's funny. Wow. Um, so you're quite familiar with these guys. I am. Uh, something about their first album, uh, The Death Card, mm -hmm. really spoke to me this week. And that, that and For All Eternity is pretty much all I've been bumping cool. exclusively. And I was telling my buddies, I was like, guys, it's so hard having a desk job and listening to Sworn In because I can't fucking kick anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you do have a, a good story about Sworn In. All right. So uh, Sworn In is local. Like you said, I have known them for quite some time. Had a conversation with them. It's not really a story. It's just like a setting. It kind of sets the whole mood for the era that I grew up in in regards to the whole local. Oh, scene, yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm from a kid from a shitty neighborhood, right? Uh I hung out with other like-minded kids from a shitty neighborhood who listened to this style of music, right? So, Sworn In was in an era of bands that grew up. They included like Ghost of Poseidon and Oh the Irony and uh, what's the name of that fucking uh, the Party Foul and uh, like Forever uh, Forever Never Forever Never Last and stuff like that. Those guys are the last two were Crapcore, by the way. Um, but this was like they're all bundled up in this whole time period where it was just like. Or the metal scene was just cranking stuff. Not, not even just it was. It was not so much just the music. It was the attitude that these kids who all grew up in the same area they they call it Southside's come, right? Southside's coming. It. You. I don't know if you, if you go to a couple of local shows, you'll see a guy wearing a Southside's coming a T-shirt. And I was in that room when that whole phrase was created. Um, this is to set the tone, right, of the vibe, just to kind of set the setting, and you'll understand where we came from. This house, this, I seen them in a venue. It was called the uh, Hardcore Fever Spot. It was in 60th and on 60th and Spalding, down the street from where Adriana grew up. Um, it was a car shop that had two fit that was able to fit two cars, so it didn't last very long. That was part of a kid's house, like it was in the, the the property line. So he used it. He got it all graffitied up, all hardcore like, and he would have the grimiest, sweatiest, nastiest shows. We'd have get, you know six bands together, and they would call hard, they would call the hardcore fever shows, and it, they would just be the grimiest shows you'll ever see. Girls drinking underage, doing stupid shit. I wasn't really involved in the whole stupid shit thing. I went for the music because that's who I was, who I am. Um, uh, and yeah, that's kind of just setting the scene, Oceanic Abyss, and stuff like that, and uh, fond memories. So you saw Sworn in there. I seen Sworn in there. Yes, tits. Um, I actually threw a show in my backyard one time. Um, what was the name of that show? It was called The Changing Tide. Because uh, I had a whole bunch of bands that were... I was kind of sick of the whole, this is a party, not a show thing, right? So I kind of made a show based on, this is just about the music. This is about having a good time and losing your shit, right? They actually played a show like three weeks after the fact in that spot that was kind of promoting that same ideology, right? This is about the show. This is about the music. Have fun, but don't be stupid. Don't be irresponsible. Have fun, right? Because it was, you know, these shows would get raided. These shows would, you know, gangbangers would start showing up. Shit like that, right? So, um, yeah, that's kind of that whole setting. And I wanted to set that for people so they could understand me as an individual in regards to where I grew up in that scene of music and why. It's very passionate to me because it's a lifestyle. It's who I was. So, yeah, that's just something I wanted to paint. One other side note about Sworn In and For All Eternity. Um, 
there's very few bands that when I listen to the album, I'm like, I need this on vinyl. Mm-hmm. For all eternity, did that. Yeah. Number two, uh, Death Card by Sworn did that. Yeah. And I scoured probably the only copy of it online anywhere. Yeah. Period. And it came from some dude in Chicago. And there's like 500 copies of their first album. Yeah. Not the recent one. Their first, the very first album. Yeah. 500 copies of it on record. Cool. And I own a copy. I fucking love it. Cool. <laughs> very, very cool. So what you been jamming to, sir? A little bit of Silverstein this nice, week. Nice, nice. Uh, we had a little bit of Silverstein. Figure you've seen a band 25 times. You might just listen to them. Well, right? well, that last album was actually very good. Um, so that was very, you know, I liked it. Um, what else have I been jamming to this week? Uh, well, doing the whole Tony Hawk thing. A little bit of Kendrick. Been jamming that a little bit. Went to Counterparts for a little bit. Counterparts um, is good. I like Counterparts. Checked out Crown of the Empire again. Didn't rekindle? No, it didn't click. Uh, Are you going to see him at Warp Tour? We might. I don't know. We'll I'll see. probably be there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I listened to Bless the Fall. Uh, they're most, well, they're older stuff because it made me miss it. Other than that, man, not jamming much. Uh, that was it. That. Uh, reading, watching, playing. What do you got? What do you got going on? So, uh, for PlayStation Plus users, one of the free games this month is Rayman Legends. Um <laughs> I know this is totally oddball for me because I'm usually into the gritty, bloody, dark fucking stuff that makes you think. Yeah. Rayman Legends is a game I downloaded because I said, hey, my girlfriend has been wanting to play video games with me for all eternity. Yeah. And um, you see what I did there? Yeah. But we couldn't find something that we both agreed on. Yeah. Originally, it was Borderlands, right? I was like, hey, let's play Borderlands 2. And then I kind of realized that she doesn't have those muscles in her hands. So, you know, it's not going to come quickly. Yeah. And then we found some stuff online. But, you know, I wanted to play something like this. She wanted to play something more like this. So I said, fuck it. I'm downloading Rayman Legends because it costs $0 for PlayStation users. Yeah. If you haven't played Rayman Legends, think Badger and Kazooie 2D. It's really <laughs> fucking good. Yeah. And she is enjoying it. She literally texted me during the week. And she's like, hey, um, when I come over tonight, can we play some more Rayman? And I was like, I was like what? <laughs> like, she texted me this. Yeah. So we're having a lot of fun playing that, man. Cool. Fun game, good concept, family friendly. It's two player local. It might be four player. Don't take my word for that. Mm-hmm. Four controllers. Mm-hmm. Test it. Check this shit out. Cool. It put me and my girlfriend in a totally new kind of position. Cool. Nice. Very, very, very nice. Yeah, man. Uh, is that is that all you got for that? That's all I got for reading, watching, playing. Uh, playing MLB uh, nonstop, and in between playing the Dragon Ball Z Five, trying to learn it. Nice, nice. Uh, reading nothing. Uh, watching Roseanne. Getting caught up. Nice. nice, uh, nice I'm nice. actually coming at it from two angles because I'm watching the new episodes that are coming out. But meanwhile, old ones. and meanwhile, catching up on the old ones. So yeah, that's all I got really going on for this week. With that, that is the week, Gabe. That let's is wrap jam packed episode. Yeah, let's wrap this motherfucker up. Uh, social media: Twitter, Periscope, Snapchat, Tumblr, Reddit at Second City Kids. You will find me there. Instagram: Second City Kids J. slash Second City Kids. Also, if you would like to comment, uh, send questions, comments. Or concerns, uh, you can email me at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Subscribe and rate on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else podcasts can be found. We are going to be there. Also, secondcitykidspodcast.podbean.com. Signing out this week for episode 72. We'll see you back here next week for 73. Question mark, I think. Uh, signing out for Jacob and Gabe. Deuces. <laughs>